Hey, everybody, it's Matt. My team and I at Select Greater Philadelphia, we're so proud to bring you the Growing Greater podcast. These amazing stories of business successes and economic development and transformational projects, they're really inspiring. And I want to thank the team at Drexel University for helping us to bring you this novel program. Without their belief in us and their highly engaged support of our work, we cannot do what we do every day to attract and cultivate the businesses and the talent that are driving growth across our community. Drexel University, founded in 1891, is one of the region's top 10 private employers with three campuses in Philadelphia. Learn more about Drexel University at drexel.edu and join me in thanking Drexel University for believing in us at Select Greater Philadelphia. Now, let's get to our program. This is Growing Greater, Growing Greater. bringing you the stories of economic growth, job creation, and business success from across the 11-county community of Northern Delaware, Southern New Jersey, and Southeastern Pennsylvania. Now, here's Matt Gabry. Thanks in part to the continuous evolution of technological and engineering advances, we as a society have the ability to harness power from diverse energy sources, wind, solar, hydro, nuclear, natural gas, and more. On this special episode, which we are producing and presenting in collaboration with our Chamber of Commerce for Greater Philadelphia's Energy Action Team, we connect with two key players fueling growth in the energy sector regionally and internationally. Now, according to the U.S. Energy Information Administration, natural gas is, quote, a fossil energy source that formed deep beneath the Earth's surface and contains many different compounds. Millions of years ago and over long periods of time, the remains of plants and animals built up in thick layers on the Earth's surface and ocean floors, and over time, these layers were buried under sand, silt, and rock. Pressure and heat changed some of this material into coal, some into oil, and some into natural gas, end quote. And these energy assets, especially the natural gas, well, they're now powering innovations and making life better, safer, and more productive for people and communities around the world. When I was 18, I probably had no clue as to what I wanted to. Matter of fact, I know I had no clue. That's Craig White, and today, Craig is president and CEO of PGW, also known as the Philadelphia Gas Works. Like many of us, Craig was not quite sure how he was going to navigate his path in life and where his career journey would lead. After nearly 40 years with PGW, Craig's experiences have taught him a lot, and he's now at the forefront of navigating the largest municipally owned gas utility in the country, and he's doing it through an unprecedented period of growth, efficiency, and modernization. PGW's roots in Philadelphia are deep and proud, dating back to 1836. And under Craig's leadership, the men and women of PGW are building the future of energy expertise, all with a continuous focus on serving their residential and commercial customers. Craig shared with us how the PGW team delivers for their customers 24 hours a day during the coldest of nights and the hottest of days. Here, he explains just what PGW does. Well, the easy way to describe it is that we are a municipal gas company owned by the city of Philadelphia. 
All of our assets are owned by the City of Philadelphia, and we operate under a separate management agreement. We have a board of directors, which is made up of seven individuals. They are all appointed by the mayor. We have a local gas commission, the Philadelphia Gas Commission, which is made up of two council members, the city controller, two appointees of the mayor. They have a staff, they have an executive director, they have other members of the staff. We also have, obviously, when it comes to our regulation, the Public Utility Commission that oversees us. And is that Public Utility Commission also a city-controlled organization, if you will, or is that state? No, that's state. Right. PUC, Pennsylvania Utility. Gotcha. And share with us what I would call some of the numbers, some of the facts and figures. How many folks does PGW employ and how many families and folks do we serve? Well, first, just to finish your earlier question, there are over 600 municipal natural gas utilities in the country. We are the largest by almost twofold. In other words, the second largest municipal gas utility is about half PGW size. So we're a sizable organization. We have about 520,000 customers, and we have somewhere around 1,650 employees. Wow. That is a sizable organization. And I want to get your perspective on how the industry has evolved, how it's continuing to change. And when I say the industry, I don't mean the business side of it, but I mean the technology related to securing and distributing gas to ensure that families of Philadelphia have a reliable access to affordable, safe, natural gas to heat their homes and run their businesses. Well, I like to say to people that a utility is an amalgamation of about seven different companies. We have a construction company, that's the fellas you see, running the jackhammers, the backhoes, digging up the street. We have an HVAC company, that's the individuals that actually go into the house and work on your heater or turn your meter yep. you know, on or hang the meter. We also have a small law firm. We have a call center that employs with the back office about 300 people. So we have a variety. We have a very large processing plant, which we have liquefied natural gas, and we also run all of the uh, pipeline gas through our system into those plants before it then is distributed throughout the city. So we're a grouping of a number of companies, and that's what a utility is. That's it in a nutshell, right? So as these kind of evolutions occur, you referenced LNG, liquid natural gas. Is that something that's new to the industry? How is that different than what type of gas was being accessed and distributed in 1980, for example? Well, we've had liquefied natural gas as a critical part of our system since the late 1970s. Actually, the first plant, I believe, was built in 72. So I started at the company January 2nd of 1980. At that time, the LNG facilities we have today were built and in operation. And quite frankly, we believe by doing the math, if we had to reserve space on the interstate pipelines to bring that gas here that we today store in that LNG facility and then bring it out of the LNG and serve our customers in the winter, we've saved over $2 billion by that decision in the early 1970s. Wow, that's impressive. So that asset's been critical to our operation and to the security of supply. PGW is one of the more secure operations with respect to our ability to serve customers. We have not only that LNG, but we can actually serve all of our customers off of one of two interstate pipelines. We have two interstate pipelines. The one is the Williams Pipeline. The other is Enbridge. And these two pipelines have served Philadelphia for decades. Mm. And we actually can serve the entire city. If one of those pipelines goes down, 
we can actually serve the entire city off the other pipeline. Here's a parts and labor quick tip. Did you know ceiling fans normally run counterclockwise to circulate cool air? In the winter, you can circulate warm air by flipping the switch on your fan. This will push warm air throughout the room, helping you save energy and money. Check pgwplp.com for more tips. At the core of PGW's operations is energy efficiency and helping their customers implement steps that allow them to be more efficient users of energy. The advice provided by PGW in that video clip we just heard, it offers everyday tips that save energy and money. So Craig, I want to come back to something you mentioned before about planning. So clearly, PGW, whether it was intentional or not, I suspect it was back in 1970s, was thinking about the future. How do we anticipate growth? How do we think about technology and implementing it so that we can be a much more efficient, affordable organization and had the foresight and the wherewithal to invest in these, at the time, new LNG facilities that today are really paying off in the long run, if you will. So if you can share with us, where will PGW be in you know, the next 10, 15, 20 years from now as you're anticipating your business planning? I like to tell people I've seen more change in the last five years than I saw in the previous 35. And I expect that the next five years, I will see more change than I've seen in the last five. So we believe that our business is growing and changing, and it will continue to do so. Obviously, we have customers that expect more and expect it in a more timely fashion, meaning information about their bill, information about how they're using gas. Are there ways that I can use gas more efficiently? Are there ways that I can you know, reduce my gas bill? That and the fact that folks today are very environmentally conscious. And we hope to be a big part of that. And we believe we will be a big part of that for many decades to come. That being said, we're certainly aware of the fact that if things like battery technology increase to the point where we can store solar at a reasonable price, or we can store power developed from wind at a reasonable price, we'll be moving more in that direction as a country and as a region. But as it stands right now, natural gas is a critical component in the infrastructure. And it's critical to this point. The security of supply is so great. And when you're talking about hospitals and schools and any police, fire, Mm -hmm. anything that has to do with the basic needs of our populace, natural gas is a critical component in backing all of that up. And it's one of those things we take for granted, essentially. Most of us don't think about how the house or the building or the school is being warmed and how the cooking can take place. It just happens until there's some sort of interruption of some sort. That's correct, but I'd also like to point out that natural gas is a major contributor to every aspect of our lives Mm. because your petrochemical industry works with natural gas and natural gas liquids, Mm -hmm. and the petrochemical industry produces polypropylene, which is the building block for just about everything that we use today. All our plastics, that cell phone that I have sitting in front of me, it's all made from these components which evolved from the natural gas and natural gas liquids. The microphones we're speaking into, the headphones we're wearing, the device that the person who's listening to this conversation is using, all touch the liquid natural gas world, if you will. Correct. So, folks, we're talking with Craig White. He leads PGW, Philadelphia Gas Works. And I wanted to talk with you a little bit more. We referenced infrastructure. 
And I know you have these fun facts at your fingertips because I just know that's who you are. And being part of the PGW family for coming up on your 40th anniversary now, these are just ingrained in your DNA. But the infrastructure of distribution, how many miles of pipeline do we have across the city of Philadelphia when it comes to PGW? And at the same time, is that a competitive advantage for us, or are there things that cause us pause a little bit because of the history? One of the fun facts is 1836 is when PGW was first uh, formed, which is pretty incredible, and I think most people would be surprised to hear that. But my real point here is the infrastructure assets and how that distinguishes PGW. You look at the city of Philadelphia, and it's somewhere around 150 square miles. Well, we have 6,000 miles of underground mains and service lines. The service lines are the smaller line that go to your property or go to a business. And the mains, obviously, are your, for lack of a better term, the trunk lines that bring that supply to your neighborhoods and eventually to your house through the meter and into your appliances. So we like to say we hide in plain sight because the only thing you really see of Philadelphia Gasworks are our people. Right. And quite frankly, uh, I think our folks are recognized throughout the city and uh, we really have an emphasis on trying to make life better for our friends and neighbors. PGW is essentially everywhere. But to your point, we don't necessarily see it unless the crew is out there working or a representative is checking on the system at a home or a place of business and we encounter a colleague in that situation. But that 6,000 miles of pipeline across Philadelphia that is allowing people to to stay warm and to live a great quality of life, that presents some challenges. And I know your crews are out there, especially in the colder months. And I'm not sure how big of an issue that is, or if it's just, you know, kind of a way of life as everything needs to go through a cycle of, I guess what I would call replacement and repair. Well, I will say this, we are replacing double the amount of older pipe In the last couple of years, we've upped our programs and more than doubled it, and we have the same workforce. Mm. So our folks, our guys and gals that are out there performing this work are doing an outstanding job. They really Uh, are. And, you know, this is a testament to our non-union and our union workforce, and we have a great working relationship between ourselves in management and our union workforce and leadership. And I think that's been key to a lot of the success. A couple of decades ago, You may not have looked as favorably at PGW as you would today from the standpoint of how the companies run, the financial situation that we're in, and the operational condition of the company. With respect to that pipe replacement, we're going to be replacing 1,400 miles of cast iron, which was state-of-the-art back in the day, with either plastic or welded steel. Okay. And we plan to replace every bit of that. Folks, we're talking with Craig White. He's president and CEO of Philadelphia Gas Works, PGW. And one of the things that we're really fortunate to have in our greater Philadelphia community, and specifically in the city of Philadelphia, is a great team of academic, business, and civic leaders who get involved. And Craig actually is very involved with our Chamber of Commerce for Greater Philadelphia's Energy Action Team. We call it GP. So folks are aware... We at Select Greater Philadelphia, who produce this podcast and radio program, we're part of our Chamber of Commerce for Greater Philadelphia as well, and we're partnering with our Chamber family and the GP team specifically to help shine a spotlight on everything that's happening when it comes to our energy infrastructure and our energy assets. So, Craig, why I'm bringing this up is because 
the diversity of energy resources that we have available in this region is really unique and dynamic. And I was hoping as a representative of GP, you could talk a little bit about that because I know your expertise is in LNG and gas, but there's so much more to the energy infrastructure and the energy story in this community. Well, it's not just in the community, it's in the state at large, because you have to start by looking at what happened less than a decade ago with the advancements in horizontal drilling. We often hear lots of jokes about the word fracking. Well, fracking has been done for 100 years. That's the old way that you would drill a well. You'd actually drill the well, and then you would frack at the bottom of that well. What they do today now is drill one well, go to uh, various depths, With horizontal drilling, they go out one or two miles in all directions Mm -hmm. and actually then frack from that position and can extract a lot more natural gas at a much cheaper price, which means we have a huge abundance. And that abundance has really created some national security. I was at a meeting not long ago where the Secretary of Energy, Perry, made the point that we're no longer going to send thousands and thousands of our finest young people to some foreign country to fight over energy. And it's because we have energy right here. So I thought that was a real interesting point. We also have a region that could be the the next, when I say region, not necessarily just Philadelphia, but the state at large and mm-hmm. maybe even parts of West Virginia, Ohio. And we're talking about the petrochemical industry, which right now is limited to the Gulf Coast, Texas, Louisiana area, which is subject to uh, natural disasters that could really impact the country in a very negative way through national security and, you know, our economy. So there's just a great advantage to what we have here in Pennsylvania and parts of West Virginia and Ohio. We also, in the Philadelphia region, we also have a great diversity of energy assets. And I think you're going to see that we're going to have an expanding use of renewables. One of the excellent things that this administration has done is through the sustainability group, has looked for ways to use energy in a more efficient and cleaner way and in tandem with Philadelphia Gas Works and in natural gas because natural gas is by far the cleanest fossil fuel. And from my standpoint, I want to use that fuel as efficiently as possible. Mm-hmm. And when you generate power locally as opposed to maybe a central generating facility that's using natural gas or coal, when you generate it locally, you can do it if you use CHP in using half the natural gas that you would use otherwise. Right. So what we believe is, you know, the brilliance of what's going on right now is we're looking for ways to do things more efficiently at PGW and cheaper. We're looking to add resiliency and redundancy and to also support whatever renewable assets we can bring to bear as well. Craig shares with us more about his career journey, and you can hear that and so much more when you tune into our full interview, wherever you get your podcasts and online, selectgreaterphl.com slash podcast. Next up, one of the most successful businesses in the world and in the energy sector is headquartered in Valley Forge, Pennsylvania. So before we welcome our next guest, let's give a special thanks to the team at Associated Builders and Contractors of Eastern Pennsylvania, also known as ABC of Eastern PA. Their support makes this growing greater podcast possible and allows us to bring you these amazing stories of business success and economic development and transformational projects. 
These expert construction professionals of ABC of Eastern Pennsylvania are literally helping to build the future of Greater Philadelphia. They're general contractors, specialty contractors, material suppliers, and industry professionals who have joined together to improve the region's commercial construction industry and support Merit Shop Construction. Learn more at abceastpa.org and join me in thanking the Associated Builders and Contractors of Eastern Pennsylvania for believing in us at Select Greater Philadelphia. Millennials are helping to make Greater Philadelphia a major talent hub in the United States. 39% of millennials hold a bachelor's degree or higher compared with 33% across the nation. Find out more at selectgreaterphl.com and tune in to the growing Greater Philadelphia podcast on radio.com. So no conversation about the energy sector would be complete and comprehensive without sharing the story of one of the most successful businesses in history. It's UGI Corporation. And ever since 1882, the energy professionals at UGI have been serving customers around the corner and around the globe. As the first public utility holding company in the United States, UGI operates natural gas and electric utilities in Pennsylvania, distributes propane both domestically and internationally, manages midstream assets, and engages in energy marketing in the mid-Atlantic region. Their engineering successes in the energy sector, it's matched only by their business acumen. And that notion is supported by the fact that UGI has paid a dividend for 132 years. And for 29 consecutive years, that dividend has increased. A big part of UGI's success is tied to their commitment to the community. The men and women of UGI are constantly seeking ways to protect and preserve our environment, ensuring a better quality of life for their employees, customers, shareholders, and the communities where they operate. And that commitment starts at the top of the shop with UGI President and CEO, John Walsh. He's actively engaged in industry and community initiatives. John understands the impact that access to safe, reliable, and affordable energy has on communities. And here, he describes just what UGI is. UGI is an energy marketing and distribution company. We distribute natural gas, electricity, propane, butane in all 50 states across the U.S. and in 17 countries in Europe. As you noted, we've been in business a long, long time, since 1882. We essentially serve a broad range of customers, residential customers, commercial and industrial customers spread across the geographies I described. We've always had a strong focus on Pennsylvania. Our roots are here. We have approximately 13,000 employees worldwide. Approximately 2,500 of those employees are in central and eastern Pennsylvania. Okay. And you're right, there's a lot of tentacles that UGI has, and uh, you referenced a lot of them, if not all of them, but you also referenced the roots. And when you say the roots are here, you really mean the roots are here in the city of Philadelphia. And I would love for you to give us a, you know, a kind of a high-level overview of some of the history of UGI. Sure. We were founded in 1882, not far from here, a few blocks from here, actually, and for decades, many decades, UGI was headquartered at Broaden Arch. So very close by, near City Hall. The company started in 1882, originally focused on provision of fuel gas for lighting and heating, started in Philadelphia, expanded over the coming decades, became quite a significant utility company, not only in Pennsylvania, but across large portions of the eastern and central United States. As history progressed, 
We expanded into other businesses. We became a propane distribution company in the 1950s. We actually divested some of the utility businesses prior to that in the 1930s. There's some regulations, regulatory acts by the federal government, and essentially became focused solely on energy distribution in the mid to late 1990s. And over the past 20 years, have significantly expanded the activities of the company. That's the period where we went to Europe and now operate in 17 countries. But also as uh, the energy sector has changed significantly over the past 10 to 15 years, our activities have changed in conjunction with that, particularly around the storage and distribution of natural gas that's now being accessed and developed here close by in Pennsylvania. Right. I want to, if I'm not getting too nuanced with this question either, John, because, you know, energy space is, at least to the average person like me, you know, it takes a lot to wrap our heads around it. So I'm really appreciative of how you were able to articulate this in a way that is relatable. And we've used the word efficiency pretty often. And I'd love to dive into that a little bit more. You know, 2022 is going to be the 140th anniversary of UGI. Mm -hmm. Your team is really adept at evolving and adapting and transforming. And clearly in the last, at least in the last 10 years, you've really been employing that kind of evolution to adapt to new technologies to be more efficient, not only as your own operation, but for your customers as well. And I was hoping you could delve into a little bit more of some of the technologies that your team is engaging in that's allowing greater efficiency. So I'll talk about what we're doing at UGI, but also give a lot of credit to our customers who also are looking for solutions and are driving and focused on energy efficiency. So it's, you know, it's us being proactive in identifying potential good solutions for our customers and our customers also being very proactive and thoughtful about how they employ the technology. Coming from both ends. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. So uh, UGI has been very active. We like to think of ourselves as a company that pushes our boundaries. So as we see new technologies emerging, we want to develop those technologies and in particular enable the delivery of those technologies to our customers in, Mm -hmm. in the form of more efficient solutions. So we're very heavily involved in activities such as combined heat and power solutions for our commercial and industrial customers. Mm -hmm. That's use of a natural gas turbine to produce power and also use of the heat that comes out of that process for applications where you need heat Mm -hmm. to heat a building, but also to heat things like swimming pools and laundries and things like that. So a lot of commercial institutions can utilize that combined heat and power solution to drive their total cost of energy down. Gotcha. UGI is an enabler of that, and our knowledge of their use patterns is critical in terms of figuring out and determining which customers can utilize that type of technology. Right. We're also involved in uh, supporting the utilization of pressed natural gas for uh, fleet fueling, as mm-hmm. an example. Yep. We do a lot of work with LNG, which is a very efficient mobile source of energy, so we produce LNG and distribute that. Some of that's used in the transportation sector as an alternative fuel for large vehicles, so we're active there. We've also, over the last 10 years, been one of the larger solar developers in the state of Pennsylvania, so Mm -hmm. we've deployed solar technology. And we've also done work with landfill gas recovery, where you capture methane coming off of a landfill, clean it up, utilize it to power, again, a gas turbine to generate electricity. So we've deployed a range of technologies. We've been proactive. Our customers have embraced it. The other comment I wanted to make about customers is Mm -hmm. our customers have done a fantastic job on their own with our assistance or encouragement of 
really investing in energy efficient solutions for their homes. Mm-hmm. So if you look at appliances that our customers are using, the use of insulation, high quality insulation in their homes. And again, if you benchmark our customers and look at the average volume of natural gas utilized, say, in the mid-1970s, and you look at that same home, mm-hmm. and we're still serving that home today in right. tens of hundreds of thousands of cases, right. and you look at the average volume of natural gas used today, so 40 years later, mm-hmm. it's about a between a 40 and 50% reduction wow. in consumption. Right. Which is great because it saves the customer money, but it also is much more efficient in terms of environmental impact. Lower consumption means lower emissions. Right. And again, have to give credit to our customers for proactively investing in those solutions that enable them to be a more efficient consumer of the energy we provide to them. That makes really good sense because customers want to be efficient. They want to do the right thing. They want to save money. They want to make sure their house or their place of business is operating at the most optimal level. Yes. So it does make sense, but it's impressive when you hear 40 to 50% more energy efficient in the same building than it was you know, 30 or 40 years ago. Mm-hmm. That's really impressive. And I want to pivot from that aspect Because you mentioned solar, and renewables are a part of the energy mix today, and a really important part. And I'd love for you to expand a little bit on the balance, the blend, and the complementary role that renewables play with more traditional fossil fuel-generated energy sources. Sure. As I mentioned, UGI has been proactive in terms of investing in Mm -hmm. renewable technologies and deploying those technologies. As we look at the evolution of the sector over the next 10, 15 years, and look at what's happened, say, over the past 10 years, there's no question that there's a great opportunity to employ more renewable resources in terms of that total energy mix that's made available to customers. I think it's critically important, and our customers tell us that it's critically important for us to do that in an efficient way. Mm -hmm. And in particular, when we look at it, we see the enabling capabilities that natural gas provides and natural gas infrastructure provides. It gives you the resiliency and reliability that's so important in terms of energy so that when you deploy a solution like solar, as an example, or wind that can be intermittent, their average utilization is between, say, 15 and 30%, which means they're only generating power 15 to 30% of the time because of lack of wind or lack of sun conditions. So you really need a backbone, a Mm -hmm. significant backbone, to enable the system to deliver energy to a home or business to be operating without any interruptions, without strain when we get extremes of temperatures, both cold and warm. Mm -hmm. And that's what natural gas does. And natural gas infrastructure is a critical component, I think, of deploying more renewables in an efficient way. Right. That reliability aspect is really important that, again, I think people take for granted. It's one of the important legs of the stool that allow for access to safe, reliable, affordable natural gas, energy, any kind of energy. Without a doubt. I mentioned earlier the commitment we feel on the obligations uh, we feel to make sure our customers are served safely, consistently, efficiently, Mm -hmm. every minute of every day. And our customers expect that. Right. They don't ever expect to be interrupted. They want to make sure and they want to feel confident and trust us that we will have the infrastructure in place to ensure them that they're going to have safe, reliable, and efficient supply, regardless of weather conditions, every day of the year, every minute of every day. 
And that's where infrastructure, reliability, and resiliency are so critical. And as we incorporate different energy solutions into our overall portfolio as a sector, it's critically important that we maintain that balance and the capability to respond to extreme conditions. What does UGI stand for? Upholding generosity in the community with education and volunteer programs. For understanding the goals in your business. We get that you're busy. UGI provides efficient, cost-effective natural gas so businesses can succeed. For using the greatest industry practices in safe energy at all times. What does UGI stand for? We stand for you. More than just an energy distributor and marketer, UGI makes it a point to be part of the communities they serve. They take great pride in the work they do, the work that powers the lives of their customers every day. So folks, John Walsh, he's president and CEO of UGI. And one of my fun facts about John Walsh is that he's also co-chair of an organization called the Greater Philadelphia Energy Action Team. We call it GP. It's part of our Chamber of Commerce for Greater Philadelphia, and it's a group of academic, business, and civic leaders who are coming together to really work towards maximizing the energy sector in the Greater Philadelphia region for the benefit of all. And I'd love for you to, John, talk a little bit about some of that work, some of the goals of GP, but equally important, are we maximizing in southeastern Pennsylvania, southern New Jersey, northern Delaware, that natural gas asset that we have coming from central and western Pennsylvania to the best of our ability? And are we on the right track? I think we're on the right track. There's a lot more work to be done. And the more success you have, the more work remains because as we're successful in growing our customer base and attracting new customers to this region, it then creates the need and the opportunity to invest to make sure the infrastructure is robust and reliable for the foreseeable future. So hence the need to draw broadly on in terms of participants in GP. We want to make sure we're understanding the perspectives of all the folks that are involved in the energy infrastructure discussions Mm -hmm. and who are looking at the deployment of new technologies, but also companies like my company or Philadelphia Gasworks, Craig's company, who are critical providers of solutions and directly connected to our customers, so to speak, which is a, a critical element of this. So it's important that we think broadly, but also plan at a detailed level to make sure whether we're talking about five years from now or 25 years from now, that we've got infrastructure in place that will enable the efficient growth in this region. Right. So there's a lot of work to be done. It's complex. There are emerging new technologies which are exciting. And then there are critical obligations that our customers have for efficiency and reliability that has to be underpinned with a significant investment in infrastructure. And that infrastructure component's a big one, and I know you know this, that our team at Select Greater Philadelphia, also part of our Chamber of Commerce for Greater Philadelphia, is all about business attraction. And when we're talking with an organization that might be a large manufacturer or in the energy sector themselves directly, or an end user, access to gas and other kinds of energy sources in order to fuel literally their growth of their organization is really key. And that sometimes can be a little bit of a chicken and egg story, depending on how much they need, where they want to be located, how much acreage they need. And I know that's a big part of what GP is also focused on as well, meaning the business attraction side of the house. Absolutely. When you're looking to attract new business, any new business, but particularly significant company to come to the region, 
typically they're going to be looking at a major investment. They're going to be looking out over, say, a 20 or 30 year period, which is why our vision is so critical because we have to think along that same time frame. So mm-hmm. they want to make sure that if they're going to invest in this region, and one of the attractions is access to very efficient, low-cost energy, that that will remain true for the next 10, 20, 30 years. And for them to be confident that they can make those assumptions and assume that conditions aren't going to change in a dramatic way, they need to be reassured that the infrastructure is going to be in place to deliver the resource. I think everybody understands that the resource is plentiful in the Marcellus, and it exists. So they're not concerned about the resource being close by. They really want to be reassured and see a demonstration that they're going to have efficient access to the resource over the long term, which is what you need to demonstrate. We need to demonstrate to potential investors who are making a long-term commitment to this region. Yeah, absolutely. And with that, actually, John, I want to pivot back to something you mentioned a moment ago, and it's related, I think, to what you just shared. And that is this notion, I'm going to play devil's advocate with you for a second, this notion of, you know, you had referenced that customers today of UGI are actually using less energy. They're actually being more efficient as customers of your team. Is that a good thing for UGI? Is that a silly question? No, it's a good question, and it, but it is a good thing. We like it when our customers efficiently use the resources we provide. It puts less of a burden on any individual family or small business. Yep. We love when they look at their energy bill and they see it as being affordable. And those that keep close track of it can look at it and plot it over time and see how much they've benefited. We have some customers that sort of have that kind of focus. Others sort of have a general feel and have seen some reductions over time. We like that. I mean, we're a little bit of a different kind of a business, I guess, where you're happy mm-hmm. that your customers are actually using less of the service you provide. Right. But we know that if that happens and our energy solutions are being used efficiently, our customers will be happy. Right. We'll end up attracting new customers based on that based on the appeal and efficiency of the products and services we provide. Yep. So it's actually a very good thing. And then when you step back and look at the bigger picture around environmental efficiency, et cetera, mm-hmm. that consistent drop in consumption is a great thing in terms of looking at our services and our activities from an environmental standpoint. As consumption drops, obviously emissions drop. Right. You're using a lower carbon solution to start with with natural gas. Right. It's good all around. Absolutely. Yep. And they're in it for the long haul That's as well. Right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. That makes that makes really good sense. Thanks for sharing that. And and that spirit of being in it for the long haul, I've mentioned a couple of times that UGI is coming up on its 140th anniversary, right, in 2022. Mm-hmm. Where do you expect, where do you envision UGI to be in the next five years, the next 10 years, the next 20 years? Yeah, I think we'll stay true to our roots as an energy distribution company because that's what we do, and we've got some great skills and capabilities at doing that and a great customer base. We'll continue, as we have for the past two decades, to look at opportunities to push our boundaries and do more in the energy distribution sector. We're always looking at new things. And we'll continue and probably accelerate the investment we're making in infrastructure because we've touched on infrastructure One of the critical needs that we have in terms of serving our customers and the sector has in general is to ensure that we're investing appropriately in the infrastructure to serve our customers. Mm -hmm. So we'll continue to be a company that invests proactively in infrastructure. We'll look to push our boundaries and incorporate new technologies and new solutions into the mix of products and services that we offer uh, to our customers. And we'll look to be part of the 
process that helps align those energy solutions to make sure that from a customer's perspective, we're being efficient in what we bring to customers. There's so much more to our conversation with John Walsh of UGI, the impact of the energy industry and his dynamic career path. You can check it all out in our full interview wherever you get your podcast or online at selectgreaterphl.com slash podcast. So this energy series that we're producing in partnership with the Greater Philadelphia Energy Action Team, it's really great and super informative. We hope you agree. And we hope you can join these and other industry leaders on Wednesday, May 29th from 8 to 10 a.m. for a special program called Energy Pathways. You'll meet many of the guests featured on this podcast series, and you'll also learn about how environmentally sustainable technologies are playing a leading role in the future of energy production. For more details and to register for Energy Pathways presented by our Chamber of Commerce for Greater Philadelphia and the Energy Action Team, visit chamberphl.com slash events. That's chamberphl.com slash events. So fueling this podcast is the team at Pico, a proud investor of Select Greater Philadelphia. Pico has a history of more than 130 years of service across our Greater Philadelphia community. The women and men of Pico have a long-standing commitment to a culture of excellence, and they strive to advance smart energy solutions to provide safe, reliable, affordable, and clean energy and energy services for the customers and the communities they serve. Learn more about Pico at Pico. Growing Greater is presented by Select Greater Philadelphia, a council of our Chamber of Commerce for Greater Philadelphia. Select is the business attraction organization for Northern Delaware, Southern New Jersey, and Southeastern Pennsylvania, and helps to grow the economic vibrancy of our collective community by attracting new businesses and new jobs to our region. Special thanks to our program producers, Elena Carmazin and Maricela Juarez, along with the great team of marketing and creative services professionals at our chamber. Thanks for listening, and be sure to tune in anytime and anywhere you get your podcasts or online at selectgreaterphl.com slash podcast.